We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's jump on to the defensive side of the ball, fellas. And this was the side of the ball that I was the most confident in coming into the game. Um, And they did not disappoint in any way, shape, or form. Al Golden was just kind of sitting back with his feet in the air, just dialing up whatever he wanted, and those guys were executing. I mean, that was – this was a – this against a – piecemealed offense, which I get. Notre Dame had a piecemealed offense too, okay? But against an Oregon State offense, third-string quarterback, yada, 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 we know all of this, the storyline there. Um, but Al Golden said, I don't care. I'm still coming at you, and we're going to dominate you from start to finish. Yes. Sean, can I take you back to a wonderful time of this past offseason when there were several people that were like, you know, fire Al Golden. He stinks. He's awful. He's terrible. <laughs> and, um, hey – Talk about guys proving people wrong, right? We like a good underdog story. Al Golden shut everybody up this season, my friends. I mean, he came into this game defensively. Their team was only giving up about 16 points per game. Notre Dame was, and they were playing tremendous ball. And it was a masterclass today, man. It really was. was. Again, context, Oregon State's down to their third-string quarterback. They have some defections off the offensive side of the football. But ultimately, Al Golden just called a great football game. He didn't change his his vantage point of playing defense at all. He was like, I am an aggressive guy. I am going to send extra numbers all the time. I'm going to be aggressive. And ultimately Notre Dame, who had a couple guys that were playing bigger roles for the first time, it came to play, man. And they were flying around and they were enthusiastic doing it. I think that was my biggest thing. Even when guys, I would say probably were a little bit unsure as far as like what their key was, what the responsibility was played hard, man. they moved very fast and they played with, energy which was great so this is just it's not even a hat tip for this game it's just like a, a, a permanent hat tip for the 2023 season yeah. game defense all year was very good man it was very good and they should have dominated oregon state offensively today and they did and they dominate did. oregon state offensively today except for a garbage you know touchdown like, like you know against some backups. It's a nice play. Well, it's a nice catch. I mean, let's get some backups. Though. I mean, let's go. Yeah. What it was. I mean, it was. So, it, no, Notre Dame overall, though, defensively, they were stifling today against the Beavers. Yes, they were. Look, man, the only complaint I ever had about Al Golden is that sometimes he's too aggressive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. Like, but aggression, I expect, look, the confidence that Defense Henson had in his quarterback because he had played in some big games for them or had played previously in my opinion, was like him trying to give confidence to his team. But it was misguided because I'm like, yeah, he's played, but he has five interceptions in, like, limited time. So he'll turn the ball over, which actually he didn't turn it over like I thought he would a couple of times in this game. He was close a couple of times with some errant throws. But other than that, it was I knew that they were going to try to heat him up early, right, especially without the big running back in that running game. Because I don't think Notre Dame feared the running game, especially with the offensive line at all. Right. They were like, dude, we're going to heat this dude up 
And the most impressive thing, the most impressive thing, Double R, when backups come in, that's when the defense starts to get vanilla, right? When you watch, you know, they go to more zone coverage, you know, defensive backs are 10 yards off the ball. The backups came in, and Al Golden was like, no, the defense is the defense. Like Chance Tucker was man-to-man on that play. They were coming after the quarterback, and Chance Tucker didn't. I mean, it wasn't like the kid made a heck of a catch. Yeah, he did. I'm a heck of a catch and barely got his knee in bounds for the touchdown. And Chance Tucker had decent coverage on the play. And that's what I was impressed about, whether it was a Don Shula, Ben Minich. I think they went after a Don Shula, you know, when he came in with the tight end a couple of times. But then you saw him adjust. And, and start to cover a little bit better. Adon smashed the ball carrier on his first plays yes, too, man. Absolutely. He was playing hard. Yeah, absolutely. So I love the fact that, and I think this is all season. The word I would say is accountability. Like, be accountable. Know your job. Do your job because we're not letting up. If you're a backup and you come in the game, we're not letting up because you're on the field. Right. This is how we play. No, they are setting the tone for what Notre Dame defensive. Football is going to be under Al Golden. Like, when we come get you and recruit you, this is what you expect. We're going to pressure the quarterback. We're going to create turnovers. And we're going to play fast. And kids have to love seeing that. High school kids have to love seeing that, right? Defensive backs have to love seeing that. Linebackers have to love seeing that. So, you know, you can break down, like, individually what you saw. But what you saw was just a flat-out dominant performance. Yeah. And the ability of Al Golden, which he's done all year, whether it was a Heisman Trophy winner or a third-string quarterback, the ability of this Notre Dame defense to make the quarterback uncomfortable was once again on full display. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No doubt. No doubt. I mean, there, there's a bunch of numbers I could throw at you. You know, I don't think they converted a third down um, the entire game. They, or they, they were 0-8, right? On the last drive. The last drive, that was their first conversion. They, the okay. Yeah, yeah, and they had one fourth down conversion, and that was on that last drive, right? Mm-hmm. The, the best number to me that I think tells you kind of where this team was throughout the entire game, through three quarters of football, <laughs> Oregon State gained 112 yards of total offense. 112 yards of total offense. Okay. Mm-hmm. They were, and, they, and 110 of those were passing yards, by the way. In the fourth quarter, they had 85 yards of total offense when they were just slinging it around, trying to, you know, it was mop up time. You know, again, Notre Dame's backups to the backups were in, et cetera. They almost had, they almost doubled up their yards from the entire game in the fourth quarter, and it was only 85. So Notre Dame still kept them under 200 yards of total offense, even though they gave up 85 yards in the fourth quarter. I mean, the the numbers are astounding. The defense was just 
in this kid's go Branson didn't have a prayer, man. Like even when he was able to get passes off, he had guys dropping the ball. And then of course their, their little scat uh, wide receiver, number seven, he was out with an injury. Uh, he didn't play in the second half and <laughs> Silas the, Bolden. Yeah. yeah. Not that the game wasn't over at that point, but it was like, now they've got no prayer offensively. That, that was the only guy that made you worried <laughs> a little bit, right? Like, yeah, totally I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like you thought maybe he could break one. Cause you know, he had some speed. He had that one nice catch around the corner at, that yeah. he was kind of tight roping the sideline, you know, the whole thing. And he was talking some trash and you know, the whole deal. I was like, okay, dude, I, I, would, I would, I would take him in Notre Dame, man. He's a good football player. Oh, I like Silas Bolden. hundred percent. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but when he went out, it was like, okay, what what do they have? I mean, mm-hmm. I, it, it was it was it was rough sledding for them offensively, and a lot of that had to do with what Notre Dame was doing to them defensively. I mean, Al Golden was bringing the heat on that yeah. first drive on third down. It was third and long. He brought, I think, both linebackers. I mean, and Goldbranson didn't. Have, I mean, he was like, I you know, if he had a white flag, he'd have been waving it. I mean, it was just they they forced Oregon state to play their game from start to finish defensively. And it was a great game plan. The kids executed it extremely well. Uh, I thought the tackling was really good in this game. We, we didn't see a bunch of missed tackles to my knowledge. It'd be interesting to see like what pro football focus has to say, but I didn't see a lot of missed tackles in this game. I thought they did extremely well in that uh, category. I thought the open field tackling was really, really good. And look, just, Top to bottom, this defense just played a heck of a game. And again, I had the most confidence in Notre Dame's defense coming into this. I don't know that I would have said the first team's probably going to pitch a shutout. Like, I don't know <laughs> that I saw that one coming. But So they played even better than I thought that they were going to play. And that's saying something. They really did. I mean, I, I think I ended up predicting them to give up 13 points, I think, right? Like, still below the season average, but yeah. I thought there would be – I thought there would be one against the first teamers and another one probably when the game was a little bit out of line and they were able to score there. Right. I mean, so ultimately it exceeded expectations, I guess. I mean, but like for me, this defense, like I, I don't think they can exceed my expectations at this point. Like if they would have put a pitch <laughs> shutout, I would have been like, sounds about right with what this defense has been doing this year. Like it's no surprise at all. I mean, so yeah, I think that Al Golden had a great game plan. I also think that he, utilized, and I think this is important, some first-time starters as well, Sean. Like we saw Jalen Sneed. I thought he used Jalen Sneed fantastically. Yeah. Just in trigger him, man. Game. Let him go get the football. Like, yep. yeah. Used a couple of the edge rushers, I thought, really well. I think the linebackers were flying around for the most part. You know, there was a couple guys out of position at times on the second level. But, like, overall, I thought they utilized some very – Unique football players. I'm looking at you, Jalen Sneed, because you are very unique. I mean, they were literally talking about him on the broadcast. I thought that was the one good thing they said was like, yeah. man, that guy just is everywhere. They ask him to do a little bit of everything. Like, is he a yeah. rover? Is he a linebacker? Right. Is he a defensive end? It's like, yeah, it's a great point because he is kind of your Swiss Army knife a little bit. He moves around a ton. And I think that that takes a good defensive coordinator to understand how to use a guy like Jalen Sneed, for instance. Yeah, the SEC guys. You could tell that they were upset that that was their assignment <laughs> and their only post-regular season assignment. And it was funny that Danielson uh, got thrown under the bus. Nestle put it out there like, oh, dude, we know you're just ready to get to the golf course, yeah. dude. Like, and you could <laughs> tell like, they did absolutely zero research. They were just guessing. Zero. Guessing, right? Bro, they, talked, they talked with more confidence about the hospitality room than they did about Either team, Notre Dame Absolutely. or Oregon State, man. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. It was ridiculous. And I want to say, though, once again, what we talked about offensively with the offensive line, it was the same thing when the backups came in on the defensive line. They just did not. We saw Jason yeah. Onye make a play, right? And, dude, Jordan, I mean, uh, Jordan Patello flashed today. Yeah. Let the made team a couple today. nice plays, right? He had the tip. You know, they turned it over. They thought mm-hmm. it was a fumble. All right. He got his arm. He chased him down from the back on the other sack on a big. What was that? Was that the fourth down, or was that a third? That was a fourth down. Was yeah, fourth I believe down. it was a fourth, fourth down. down. Yeah, yeah, fourth yeah. down in the first half. Like, look, they really had some big time plays from the entire defense yeah. at yeah. every position. Right, Benjamin Morrison took away a couple of passes early in the first half on a crossing route. Yeah, yeah they and give me an interception at the end on the Hail Mary. Yeah. The Hail yeah. Mary, right? He tipped the pass that, you know, Kaiser almost picked off. 
you know, every Christian Gray had some plays. Like you said, Don Schuler made some plays. It's like, dude, you, you just look at the defense all over and everybody made plays. Jalen Sneed from the first series, that's the guy that was all over the place. I thought he was really good in coverage as well. You know, he created some trouble in coverage for a couple of passes by Culberson. So, look, this entire defense was locked in, whether it was first team, rotation guys, second string guys, third string guys. They came in and played really well. They really did. My, my favorite play of the game was from the hilarity of it was the Benjamin Morrison interception, Sean, because you saw mm-hmm. him. He was like, he looked like Debo from Friday, man. He was just pushing dudes out of the way. He's like, bah, that's Bach. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious, man. Hilarious. That was that was funny. And you could tell he wanted to take it back. Oh, yeah. He wanted to I, take it back. I, I thought if he was able to get away from the one that the, the wide receiver that caught him from behind, he yeah. might have had a chance. Yeah. He might have had a chance because all the skill guys were behind him because the ball was woefully underthrown. And so all the skill guys were behind him. If he outsteps that one guy, it's him versus the offensive line oh, and the quarterback. Line. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a chance yeah. he takes that well, back that was, to the house, man. That was Patello again. That The reason it was short arms is Patello had great pursuit from the backside and got a hit on the yeah. quarterback on that play. So, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, absolutely. No, ab- ab- 100%. But, yeah, the, the defense played so well, guys. Let's, let's talk about uh, this defensive line uh, because everybody except for Jean-Baptiste it's coming back next year, um, and I, I believe. And this was a defensive line that just wreaked havoc all night long. And they they were going up against some some inexperienced guys on the offensive line, but they absolutely took advantage of that opportunity and turned it into the advantage that it was supposed to be. I mean, they they didn't play down to their you know opposition. They didn't do any of that. They said, look. You're going to put a true freshman on the offensive line. We're going to make him look like a true freshman. You're going to put a sophomore on the offensive line. Doesn't have any experience. We're going to make him look like he doesn't have any experience. And they did that from start to finish, yeah. beginning to end. I mean, it was it was a masterclass from the defensive line on what they were able to do. They they kept obviously they allowed two yards rushing. That that speaks for itself. And obviously there there's sacks involved there. And I, and I get that. But they allowed two yards rushing. Okay. So they, they didn't allow the offense to get loose from a running standpoint. And we talked about it, Brian. This is a team from Oregon State that is a run-first team. They want to run the football. They are a physical, downhill, running team. And Notre Dame said, not today. Not in El Paso. That's not going to happen. And then, of course, they had four sacks to go along with it. <laughs> it, it was I, – I think the major takeaway from the defensive line overall, because mm-hmm. I think you made a great note, Vince, outside of Javante Jean-Baptiste, Everyone could come back next year, right? Yeah. Defensive line wise, Sean. I don't remember the last time Notre Dame had a defensive, an interior defensive line this deep coming back. I don't remember it because you look at today. I mean, just today, how Cross had a sack. Riley Mills had a couple pressures and looked pretty good, in my opinion, in the run game, especially. Yeah, Jason Onye had a play. Gabriel Rubio had a big run stop where he absolutely smoked the running back. I, I, Donovan Heinish had a little bit of penetration on a couple plays, and that doesn't even count Armel Mukum. That doesn't even count Devin Houston, who we didn't see much of in this football game, obviously. Mm-hmm. Interior defensive line coming back is going to be stalwarts. It yeah, really yeah. is. Because my main takeaway was the depth of this defensive line, especially on the interior, was about as good as it's been in several years. Like, I can't remember the last time the interior defensive line at least was this deep. And then you also obviously had. Jordan Batelho gave you a really good game, his best game of the season by a yeah. landslide. Oh, Javante yeah. Jean-Baptiste just does his thing, man. Like, he's just a good football player. We didn't see a ton of of, um, of Joshua Burnham impacting defensively. I know he got in, but he wasn't, like, a huge impact player defensively. But even him on that fake punt, man, like, that was a tremendous play by Joshua Burnham. So, overall, the defensive line for me, my opinion – was the biggest mismatch of this game on either side of the ball. The the offensive line for Oregon State had no answers for them, man, because they yeah. just sent them in waves. It's like, oh, Howard Cross and Riley Mills are gone. Cool. We can we can kind of wipe our brow for a second. And here comes Gabriel Rubio, Jason Onye. And it's just like there's no stop. There's no let up in this group. This is a deep defensive line, especially on the interior for Notre Dame. I think the depth was the biggest mismatch of the day. 
I think in order to find this type of depth, you would have to go back to what? Not even early in the Kelly era because a lot of the youngsters were playing. You know, when they had Curry and then they got to it. Yeah. They added depth, but they were really young depth. Um, maybe, you know, once Sheldon Day got added to the mix, maybe the depth was close to there. But I would have to go back to like the days of like, 2001, 2002, maybe, when you had the, the veterans like Campbell up front, but Justin Tuck was a pup in the class he came in with, and those guys are really good, maybe. But you're right, man. It's been a while since you've seen this type of depth. Because we're going to go into the spring asking, like, oh, is Brendan Vernon going to be able to crack? Right. And get snaps. Is Devin Houston going to be able to crack? The rotation and get snaps and the guys they have coming in, Sean Civiliano is coming in early. And it, Sean, it, it's, you're spot on with that double R. I was showing you remember we had when we, we had Sean Civilano on the show and he was talking about like he's coming in to win a starting job. And like I love Sean and I love that attitude. <laughs> and I'm like, man, that's gonna be a little tough next year, bro. <laughs> it's gonna be a little bit difficult. But regardless, that just adds to the depth. You're gonna bring in him, you're gonna bring in Logan Thomas and Bryce Young and yeah. All these dudes, and it's just like, man, yeah. it's a re—it's gonna be a really deep defensive line. You need to get a little bit more impactful from the Viper position, from the outside pass sure. rush perspective. But like defensive line wise, I think this was a microcosm of this team moving forward today. Is that like they are a deep, deep group, man? And we were like, we're two years removed. You remember this conversation, Vince? Everyone's like, Notre Dame needs gets three hundred pound guys. They don't have any three hundred pounders on the interior. All of them are now just about like it's wild. The transformation of the defensive line is taken yeah. in just like two years. In, in a very nuts, short man. period of time, yeah, just like yeah. you said. And, and you know, you, you talked about Al Golden being on the hot seat, according to some fans. Let's talk about Al Washington and the hot seat that he was apparently sitting on, uh, according to many fans. And to a degree, rightfully so, when it came to some recruiting misses and some, you know, maybe some underwhelming play on the field. Uh, he's earning his paycheck these days, uh, in my yeah. opinion. And uh, I, I think he did a great job, you know, with this group and he continues to do a good job because like you said, without development and without getting these guys in the door in the first place, you don't have that first wave, second wave, third wave kind of a situation that we have right now on the defensive line if you're a Notre Dame fan. So, you know, Al Washington should get uh, a tip of the cap here for the, the job that he's done throughout the entire 23 season. Because he was not getting a whole lot of love from people, I think, going into this season and did a really, really good job, in my opinion, with this particular group. And today was just kind of the icing on the cake for what this season was. And then projecting on into 24, only losing Javante Jean-Baptiste, which ended up being a huge loss, which I don't know that anybody would have predicted this time last year. Um, but, you know, all these guys are coming back. Mill, like somebody in the chat said, with Mills and uh, and Cross coming back, that, like that impact cannot be understated for what oh, this man. 24 team is going to be. It can't be. No. And Vince, just like you said, in double R, I'm sure you can talk about this because this is right up your alley. You know, Javante Jean-Baptiste has improved how scouts looked at him from the time he left Ohio State oh, yeah. and the time he's leaving Notre yeah. Dame. It, I don't know yep. if it's night and day. But it's definitely different. It's considerable. It's definitely different. Yeah, he's he's a different, different. He's a completely different football player than what we thought he was. I mean, even when yeah. he came to Notre Dame, I expected him to be, you know, a situational pass rusher, kind of help yeah. you do that type of stuff. And I mean, Sean, he was not a run defender at Ohio State. He was just not used in that capacity. And yeah. he put on the weight. Yeah. He was only like 248 pounds, I think, for Ohio State last year. Now he's in the 260 pound range, 260 plus pound range. He's a lot more physical. He sets a firm edge. Yeah, I think that he is a, he's a glue guy on the next level, I think. Mm -hmm. A guy that you just like dependable day in and day yeah. out. And that's what he was for Notre Dame this year. The yeah. box score is not going to tell the story of how important Javante Jean-Baptiste was for the 2023 version of Notre Dame. It, he was a very good football player this year for Notre Dame. And, and like Vince pointed out, who knew, right? And now <laughs> it is like one of the question marks of the defense next year, right? Who Who's going to be the big end? Like, because he was so consistent yeah, and so good at what he did and what he was asked to do. Now it's like, okay, who, who steps into that role? 
And look, I love what Al Golden does because you talked about the two guys that are returning. He wants to get you in third and long because he knows I have a guy in 56 that I'm just going to make sure he gets a one-on-one. And if he gets a one-on-one and can rush the passer, he's he's going to either move him off his spot or he's going to get the sack and make the play. And when he you have the guard like the that, center yeah. hug air on that sack, man. man. Yep. Oh, All right. Dude. <laughs> It was just like, did he even get touched? And, dude, the crease was about this big. That's that's what's so amazing. Like He does such a good job of getting skinny and getting through, yeah. you know, holes uh, on that offensive line. He does yeah. such a good job of that. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to be excited about the, the leadership they'll bring, right, coming back for those youngsters, showing them, like, this is how we do it here at Notre Dame, which is something that you talk to the older players from the Lou Holtz era, that's a speech that they would get at the beginning of training camp. Like, look, shut up. You don't know anything. This is how we do it here, and we're going to show you. And Riley Mills and Howard Cross, hopefully they bring that to the young defensive yeah. linemen that are coming up behind. Completely agree. Let's let's go next level. Let's talk linebackers, fellas. Uh, we got to see J.D. Bertrand in his uh, final game in a Notre Dame uniform. Uh, yep. You know, Jack Kaiser, the two of them obviously played a bunch. You you kind of referred to Jalen Sneed already and how they used him in a very effective way. We also got to see some other guys kind of, you know, get some time uh, at the mm-hmm. linebacker level. So, guys, what are we thinking about how the linebackers played on first glance? I mean, you don't give up two yards rushing and the linebackers don't play well, right? <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of baseline stuff of like, yes, they played well because – you don't you just don't do that like that's just not that's not a normal thing right I mean, I mean overall i didn't notice jd a ton but that's not always a bad thing especially yeah. when you're not giving up a ton in the run game i mean like it's he wasn't credited with a bunch of tackles but like i didn't yeah. see him like out of place you know at least watching the game exactly. I, you know exactly. yeah I, I would imagine that he was just mostly in the right spot all game which is fine he was doing his job right Jalen Sneed, I thought, was a very impactful football player, especially early. They had a clear plan for him to be an attack player and to be able to utilize his speed. And I think that he made a huge – I think that he's a little bit demoralizing to Oregon State's offense early. They're just like, dang, dude, that's a second-level guy for them. Like, he's faster than just about anybody we have offensively. Like, it's it's debilitating. It's demoralizing. It is not a great situation to be in. And then, honestly, a lot of people bag on Jack Kaiser and, and you know, cool, whatever – Jack Kaiser, I thought, was a very underrated piece of this football game today, man. He made one incredible play out in space early on in the football game. He also covered up on a wheel route in a pretty yes. – I think it was only like 7 nothing at that time, maybe 14 yes. nothing. Like it was still pretty early in the football game. He did some of the little things that kind of go unnoticed by some because it didn't really – like the him covering up that wheel route doesn't go into the stat sheet like oh here's a cover the wheel route rep great job jack like right. no one talks about that no one keeps a stat for that but he did a little bit of the of the the small things that you don't go kind of discounted in a football game so i thought kaiser did well i thought jd was probably in the right spot again didn't notice him a ton J- i thought Jalen sneed was really really good and impactful in the role that he played today so overall linebacker play gave up two yards rushing less than 200 total yards offensively for oregon state you can't have you can't have that type of outcome if your linebackers didn't play really well. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24/7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah, completely well agree. Yeah. Yep. You got, you got no, it's well said, and you love the rotation that you saw, right? Players are playing different positions. You know, Drake played weak. He played middle. 
They paired him with Jaden Osbury. They paired him with JD. They paired him with Kaiser. Like, we talk about, like, toys, right, at a position. The linebacker position might be the next at the running back where you really have a lot of things you can do with the talents in that room, especially with the ones that are coming in and the ones you have coming back. So Al Golden has a lot to work with there. And I think he does a great job of allowing those guys to go out and play fast. Jalen Sneed was like the perfect example, man, of like, yo, we finally figured out how to unlock this kid. So let's now we know how we, next year I think they're gonna he's gonna be one of those pieces where you use him to wreck offenses. Like this is the guy offenses have to offenses have to identify, okay, where's three? Where is he at this play? Where are they bringing him from? Because you know, I think he's going to get better. He's going to play faster. He's going to know exactly what's being asked of him. And right. that linebacking crew, man, in that room is we didn't even. I, I didn't see Nolan Ziegler. I maybe I, I saw Ziegler. Ziegler yeah, was the play. He okay. was uh, he was trailing. I when I saw him, he was trailing on that pass play. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, there was uh. He he. It he's was, thirty-one. He got right? double moves. Isn't he, he got, thirty-one? Yeah. No, he, he's thirty. Ziegler's thirty-four, isn't he? No, that's yeah. that's Drake Bowen. Drake Bowen. Drake got beat on that double. I'm move. sorry. Drake got beat on You're that. You're right. Double. 31 was Minnick. Yeah, Ben Minnick got in the game. I'm, I'm mixing up numbers then. I'm mixing up numbers. Yeah, Z yeah, Nolan is 42. That's yeah, 42. Name. There He's you go. 42. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I didn't see him, but again, I it was yeah. Hard Michael Michael Bell got in the game, so dude, he did get in the game. Everybody, yeah. everybody played, and it was really good to see those young guys play. I'm look. I think behind running back, the linebacker crew is like. We expected to see the talent. We've been asking, okay, where's this young talent? We we know it's there. When do we get to see it? And I think we kind of got to see what the future is. I think people were talking about Drake Bowen on a couple of plays, looking slow. And it's like, dude, Drake is still. He was just in the wrong position. Like he just got. He just, it was just like a miscommunication thing, and he got in a trail position where he just mm -hmm. didn't know what he was supposed to be doing. It was not exactly. an athletic not. Yeah. Oh, I saw one play, though. I think it was like a third and two late in the game. And yep. he, he knew exactly where – and he just blew it up. He he blew it up and got a tackle for loss. So it's like that's that's the glimpse where you say, okay, when he knows what he's doing, that's what we expect to see more consistently. I, I think Jalen Snead might be one of the more important players for Notre Dame next year going into yeah. the season because he's the yeah. type of guy – and and I'm not I'm not, this is gonna sound slightly disrespectful, but I promise it's not disrespectful. Like I swear on everything, this isn't disrespectful. But you don't necessarily game plan against JD Bertrand to like, oh my god, that guy's a game wrecker. I need to get him out of the football game. You don't do the mm -hmm. same against Jack Kaiser, but you do against number three because it's mm -hmm. like that kid can blitz off the slot. That guy can tuck at times. That guy can blitz from multiple gaps inside and outs. Like he's a little bit of a movable chess piece similarly to like a again not comparing them because their body types are different and one guy's an all-american right but like jeremiah wusukormo was the same where it was just like i had to account for jeremiah in every single spot he was at all yeah. the time and jaylen could be that type of player potentially mm -hmm. because he seemed more confident in what he was doing today he seemed like there was a very enthusiastic plan about how to utilize him he can really, in my opinion, kind of change the format of the 2024 version because, man, he's the guy that every single snap, you have to know where number three is or else he could be a free blitzer on almost every play. No doubt. And and he's going to be a fun toy for Al Golden to use moving forward. Just And the, the, like you said, the one good thing that these announcers said uh, in this game was he can play on the edge. He can play at linebacker. He can play in space. Like you can move him around. You can do all kinds of stuff with Jalen Sneed. Will he be a quote unquote starter? Maybe, but I don't know that he needs to be that specific pigeonholed starter guy. I don't think that's who he needs to be to be at his potential. I think that he needs to be that guy that you plug in different places and bring him from all over the different, all over the place. And whether that means he's a starter or not great, but I don't know that he needs to be that, 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 that's just me moving forward. I, I think he can affect this game in so many different ways. You could bring him in, in like an NASCAR package and bring him off the edge. You could bring him in at linebacker and have him blitz up the middle. You could bring him in, in space and in a Rover type position and guards. You know, there's a million different things you can do with Jalen Sneed, and that's what what a great guy to have 
at your disposal if you're a defensive coordinator. And Vince, you can relate to this as an educator, double R, you can relate to this as a film evaluator and as Notre Dame fans, like we all can relate to what we saw from Jalen Sneed today, right? Because you see promising a kid and, you know, you believe in them and they don't quite believe in themselves, whether it's you as an educator, Vince, and then you finally get the moment where you see the light go off and you finally right. get to see them actually walk in their promise. And that is like a huge smile moment. You know, for everybody, like, and this is a huge smile moment for Notre Dame fans that have expected this type of stuff from Jalen Sneed from the moment he committed to Notre Dame out of South Carolina. So, yeah, he is definitely, I know we don't like to double up on game balls, but it's a a good chance that (laughs) that might happen when we get to that point of the defense. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, boys, let's talk secondary, and then we'll give out our game balls here real quick. I thought the secondary overall, guys, you know, they did their job. I mean, Benjamin Morrison did his job. I thought Christian Gray had a nice little coming out party as a starter over there. I mean, he had a couple of nice plays, and, you know, the commentators, I thought it was funny. They're like, they need Oregon State needs to figure out a way to back up these corners so that they're not playing so aggressive. Uh, mm. Good luck. Uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon with the way that they were playing. Um, so I thought those guys played well. I thought Jaden Mickey played really, really well with the opportunities that he got both on defense and on special teams. And so, you know, this, and then of course, Xavier Watts was just silently led the team in tackles, uh, which I thought was fantastic. So, you know, and by the way, Ryan Roberts, he got half a sack. Remember I said he was going to get a sack in this game. Yeah. He got half a sack. I noticed it was zero, man. I saw zero pop up. I'm like, oh, okay, man. Right, <laughs> you got half a sack. I'll take yeah. it. Um, yeah. But, I mean, go overall, the secondary absolutely, you know, did their job. Like I said, they had 110 yards passing going into the fourth quarter. Um, and then basically the twos and threes gave up, you know, another 85. It, suffocating, I guess, is the word again. I mean, from a coverage perspective, it's yeah. like, couldn't create a ton of separation against Benjamin Morrison. Couldn't create a ton of separation against Christian Gray. Couldn't do so against Jaden Mickey. Sean, you mentioned even guys like Micah Bell got some run. And Don Schuler played in the game. Ben Minnick played in the game. It was really good to see. Safeties, I thought that Xavier Watts, they didn't really test him in the passing game. So he no. impacted the game in other ways, which yeah. was great to see. DJ Brown was the consistent force that he's been throughout the majority of the season in the fact of you don't really notice him which is great. That means he's in the proper position. It's a lot of the J.D. Bertrand stuff that we were just talking about. It's dope, man. It's a good place to be. So I thought the safeties were rock solid, impactful in certain areas. I thought the cornerbacks were sticky and just really good in coverage. It was just not an easy day to complete a pass today, especially after their top receiver went out (laughs) for the majority of the game. But overall, it was just a really good coverage day from the secondary. Yeah, that was tough, right? They lose the top receiver, and then Fenwick goes out with an injury. It's like, okay, that's pretty much the two playmakers. Like this is yeah. this is unfair. Sean, uh, Sean, one time at one point, I was like, man, are they just going to take Gold Branson out and just like throw somebody in? And I'm like, they don't have anybody else. What are they going to do? <laughs> they don't have anybody else. There's no. nothing they could do. And look, the coverage, like you said, suffocating all day. You, you know the thing that impresses me the most about Christian Gray. This kid is such a leader, even as a freshman. Like, he's not, this is not a kid that feels like he needs to take a back seat. Like, every time he's on the field, he's talking before the snap. He's talking after the snap. He's a leader. He's a communicator, man. And he is comfortable in his skin as a freshman. This is a kid that knows already, like Benjamin Morrison, he knows he's good. He knows he needs to put in work to get better, but he knows he's good. And to go into next season with those two dudes, look, you, you talk, I'm not being, I'll take your lead, Ryan. Look, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I promise you I'm not trying to be disrespectful, okay? There's a chance that the combination of Benjamin Morrison and Christian Gray could actually be better than the combination of Cam Hart and Benjamin Morrison. It's possible. And, I'm not, and Cam Hart was oh. fantastic this year. Yes, he was. Very Possibly good, the defensive MVP. Like he, Ken Hart was that good this year. Yes, he was. I'm just saying mm-hmm. the possibilities of the tandem next year. And I'm not trying to disrespect Jaden Mickey by any means. I'm just saying 
there's there's something there that that could be end up being one of the best DB tandems in a long time in Notre Dame. Yeah, it really could. Oh yeah. Well, well, I mean, not only that, as far as like Christian Gray being really talented and probably not being a much of a step down from a talent perspective, but it's also just the defensive back room, the cornerback room in general is just going to get deeper, Sean, mm-hmm. too, right? It's yeah. like Jaden Mickey's in there, whether he's in the slot or outside. Cool, you're good to go there, right? Then you got guys, the the you know Micah Bell's of the world that played a little bit today. Then you're going to have the Carson Hobbses and the Leonard Moores coming in, and it's just and you also Chance Tucker that was playing in this football game. Like you're going to have a lot of depth in that cornerback room, which is. Again, kind of like what I said with the interior defensive line. When's the last time Notre Dame had a cornerback room this deep? I I don't know the answer to that. I don't think it's been in my lifetime, possibly. I don't know. The flip over of depth of the cornerback room has been almost as impressive, or maybe more so impressive than the flip over of the defensive line room. Like, just because, you know, Notre Dame has had some good singular corners, you know, over the years, but they never had the depth and the compliment that they have now at the cornerback mm-hmm. position. You know what I mean? Like Julian Love, good corner, right? But when he went out, they were in trouble. Yeah. You know what I mean? They did not have that depth, right? And so, and that's just one example, but they have not had the depth at corner that they have now and that they're going to have in the future. And I think that's what makes the biggest difference, in my opinion, about this cornerback room and why it's also so important to keep Mike Mickens around as long as you can because of the cornerback room that he has developed is second to none depth wise in the country, in my opinion. And you're absolutely right, Sean. Look, nobody's a bigger Cam Hart fan than I am. I love me some Cam Hart. I I, I think he played tremendous when he wasn't injured. Tremendous. Absolutely. And I absolutely. think he can be a really, really good pro as long as he can keep the injury bug away. Right? Yep. But Christian Gray and Benjamin Morrison, that is going to be one hell of a tandem next year. One hell of a tandem. And the depth that they're going to have as well is going to be really, 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 really good. And so whether that's Jaden Mickey coming in and playing the the nickel or whether he's a guy that just kind of fills in for the other two guys because they never played the same two guys the whole time, you know, whatever it looks like, whatever it's going to be, they're going to be deep and they're going to be really, really good. And it's also going to allow the aforementioned defensive line and linebackers to get their ears back and just yeah. get after and the aggressive. Oh, and, and, and Ryan, just because of the pedigree, the same thing we said about the offensive line. Between Leonard Moore and Carson Hobbs, somebody's going to play. Right. 100%. Somebody's going to be ready to play. The question is which one? The question is which one? That's it. That that is the question for me. I mean, we talked about that on National Sign Day. It's like, is a freshman corner going to play in 2024 in some capacity? I think the answer is yes. Which one is it? Not 100% sure. I think it could be either one. It depends. It really does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Nope. Couldn't agree more. All right, boys. About that time. Let's give out some game balls. Who Woo! wants to go first? Let's go. I would like to give my game ball out to Jaden Mickey because, for one, I think that there should be like two game balls for this one. One should go to the entire defense because I think there's a lot of headliners and a lot of standouts. But I want to give it to Jaden Mickey because I'm sure everyone has obviously heard about the story. I know they talked about it on the announcement. I know it's been on Twitter. I know it's been on the message board, obviously, with his mother passing recently who was having a, a long bout uh, with cancer. And I just want to send condolences first and foremost to the Mickey family, to Jaden included in that. To everyone involved, because I know it's a very tough thing uh, to be able to deal with that, especially when you're a probably a 20-year-old kid that is a student athlete at the University of Notre Dame, as if that's not daunting enough. Now you also have to deal with your mother being sick for a long period of time and passing away. So I put on Twitter before this game, that Notre Dame was going to smack Oregon State for the Mickey family. I put that on Twitter. And they did just that, man. So outside of just the we're glad to be Irish fans today, I am a Mickey fan today. And I just wanted to send my condolences and congratulations to the entire Notre Dame football team, to Jaden Mickey more specifically for winning this game. And I'm very sorry, <laughs> truly. I, I, I wish that I could quantify it better than how I'm doing right now. But I just hope that that family is okay because I know that it is a – just terrible tragedy that they're working through, but he gets my game ball. He gets the number one game ball for today. Look, I, I lost my dad a couple of months ago and then did a post game show and thought that I was like, man, muscling through it and doing a great job. Like, I I don't think there's any way I could have done what Jaden Mickey did today. 
You know what I mean? Go out there and play at a high level in a bowl game. And I, I look, I, I'm sure that he looked at it as he's with his brothers, he's with his family, they're lifting him up and all of that. And I, I get all of that. And that's why I wanted to hang out with you guys during the post-game show when the same thing happened to me. I'm a 43-year-old man, right? He has a lot less life that he's gone through than I have. And I was a disaster. I can only imagine how he had to deal with this whole situation. So that is something that I will always remember um, and, and what he's had to deal with and what he's going to have to deal with. Because during that little three-hour span, you know, you can kind of, you know, play, just play the game that you know and play the game that you love and, and be around the boys and everything else. It's going to be when he lays his head down tonight and he, he's in bed and he's thinking about it. And that's when it hits you, man. That That's when it gets you. And I do not, <clears throat> I do not envy him right now. Um, I, I'm glad that he was able to spend some time with his mom and everything. And I, and I'm sure that that was that was all well and good. But nothing can prepare you for when it actually happens. And so, yeah. obviously, you know, I I might be thinking about him and his family and and how they're going to get through this. And uh, it doesn't matter that she was diagnosed like three years ago. You cannot play. You cannot. You just can't prepare yourself for that actual moment. You think you're ready, but you're not ready. Yeah. I, I think it's really well said, Vince. And I would just, you know, hats off to the Notre Dame family, all his yeah. brothers for being by his side today and getting a big 40 to eight victory. Honestly, we should open with that, man. Like just yeah. a great job by ND nation. Not only just the players, the coaches standing by him and him being able to play the game that he played, but also all the people in this chat, man, all the people in this chat, yeah. all the people on Twitter that are sending their condolences, all the people on every social media sending condolences. This is a family at the end of the day, right? We bicker, we we yell, we get upset, whatever. <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't think there's one single Notre Dame fan out there or supporter or someone associated with the program that isn't just with Jaden Mickey right now. Right. You, just, you have to be with him right now. 100%. Both of you guys spoke so eloquently about it, and I'll just echo that, you know, when it comes to how important family is, especially in times of need, and, you know, the timing of it is what really stood out to me, right? Like, you never know when it's going to happen. As Vince said, you're never ready when it does happen. And, you know, my prayer would have been, if I could have prayed for it to happen, in a certain way would to have been allow her to see one more game yeah for her to go the night before the game is uh my prayer would have been for her to be able to see her son play one more time and um even in saying that you know you talk about uh what you dealt with vince and how you sold you through and then ryan talks about the love that exists in Notre Dame Nation and as content uh, curators, you know, I say it all the time, so much meat on this Notre Dame bone for all of us that cover Notre Dame to talk about it and uh, to experience the love that exists in Indy Nation and the fans worldwide uh, is something that I can testify to going through my own battle. Like it was therapeutic for me when I could to do a show every yeah. now and then. And that's one of the things I live for and live for that love that exists amongst Notre Dame fans. And it's going to be that same love that continues to uplift Jaden Mickey from this day forward. Cause it won't be something that's, you know, he'll be okay in a week. He'll be okay in a month. No, man, mm -mm. this is going to stay with this young man yeah. for a very long time. You know, when he gets married, it's going yeah. to be with him. Oh yeah. When he has his first child. Is going to be with him. And uh, I'm sure his brothers, the brotherhood at Notre Dame and that locker room is lifetime. So I'm sure they're yep. going to be with him even when he goes to the next level and continues on in life. And uh, that's what's so special about being a part of the program. And that's what's so special about being part of the Notre Dame fan base and curators uh, and creators. Um, we are a part of something very special in a day like this. Is what makes you appreciate being a part of it even more. So, as yep. you guys said, condolences and prayers out to uh, Dr. Lamar, Jaden, and the rest of the Mickey family Absolutely. on what is an incredible loss. And uh, my submission to them would be to hold on to Second Corinthians, the first chapter, 
the second chapter, verses one through three, in this time and in this season. That, on that note, uh, let's go ahead and cut the transition, side of things, man. Tough it's a transition. Tough transition. I know, right? <laughs> We're gonna cut the defensive side of things. I think we've said all we need to say about defense, guys. Um, and uh, the you know everything that that was just said. You guys did a great job with that, and um. Guys, make sure that you you jump in. You give us that like, you know, give us that uh, subscribe, you know, the notification bell, all those fun things. And make sure you follow along because uh, we've got nine months now of offseason that we get to talk about this team and uh, what is coming down the pipe in 2024. So uh, that's going to do it for this portion of the Ivy Nation Sports, no, this is not Ivy Nation Sports Talk. That's later. This is, Rook this, show, Rook show. Gosh, I'm losing my mind. Irish breakdown. This is this is this is Irish breakdown it's, right now. I'm I'm the I'm the other Sean, Vince. Man. I'm the other Sean. <laughs> Jeez, you can tell you where my head's at. I'm all over the place right now. Um, but we're gonna have a ton for you. We're gonna cut this part. We're gonna jump into the super chats. We got a bunch there sitting in the wings, ready to go. If you guys uh want to get a super chat in. Uh, make sure you put it in and we will get to it today. But since we have so many super chats, we're going to stick to those uh, in this mailbag. So we're going to jump into that right now. 